Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you for tuning in. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on our website, which is at deadtalklive.com. And also, please feel free to visit any of our five social media platforms, which include YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. And I know whoever is watching now is on, is on at least one of those. So if you want to check out the other ones, feel free to do so. Our name on all the platforms is Dead Talk Live. Want to welcome, uh, well, first of all, uh, want to say hello to all our moderators. We have uh, Khaleesi with us, as is also with us. On the Instagram side, we have Marie handling Instagram all on her lonesome. And Marie, I don't tell you this enough, but I really do appreciate you, uh, you know, moderating Instagram. I know it can be a challenge sometimes, and you're all alone over there. And we have like three other moderators that are handling the other chats. So thank you, Marie. I don't say that enough. So, you know, don't get too used to it. But thank you, Blondie. Me and Marie have known each other since we were teenagers. Uh, so yesterday we wrapped up four interviews in a week span. Wow. Four one-hour, fascinating, unique uh, interviews in one week. And I woke up today and I felt like a ton of bricks have fall, you know, fell on me. You're, when you're in the middle of it, you're going on adrenaline. And it's about go and preparation for each interview and you're going, going, going. And then, uh, you know, when you do these kind of marathon interviews and they come in bunches, uh, you know, a lot of times they come in bunches. We'll do two, three in a week or four in a week, like we did this last one. Uh, and then you can go silent for a week or two. It's just the way it is. And it's cool. But we had four amazing interviews uh, before I continue, I want to welcome CC Wheezy, Sniper Number One on uh, YouTube. Lisa is with us on Facebook, as is Sammy, Philip, Lizzie. Welcome to all you guys uh, uh, who are tuning in tonight. I am a little bit out of it, so I apologize in advance. Anyway, going back, four amazing interviews started last Monday a week ago with Robert Joy. Then we had Sam Valentine. Then we had adrian barbeau this past monday and we wrapped it up yesterday with Haley bishop from host like i said four unique uh interviews and i love doing interviews uh close together it, it's great last monday we had robert joy who has been in the industry acting since the early 70s the next day we have uh we had sam valentine a bright, shining, talented actress on the rise who was in Followed. And then Monday, we had Adrian Barbeau, who also has been acting since the 70s. And, you know, as she explained on the show, she was married to John Carpenter. They have a child together. Uh, they still maintain a strong relationship. Talked about people like Tom Atkins and a whole bunch of names that are like just classic icon legends. Uh, so she was amazing. And then yesterday, we got to hear from the lovely Haley Bishop, who played Haley in the movie Host, which is one of the, like, the number one horror movie of 2020. 
56-minute horror movie that is just absolutely phenomenal. And for those of you that have not seen it yet, please go ahead and watch Host. Uh, amazing movie, all done on Zoom. And it will, you know, teach you a lesson to never hold a virtual seance via Zoom. So anyway, I want to thank to, you know, big thank you to all my guests. Our next guest is coming up on Tuesday. And Sean Roberts from three of the Resident Evil movies, plus a whole lot more, is going to be joining us uh, Tuesday at a special time of 7 p.m. So remember that. If you guys want to tune in for uh, Sean Roberts, who has also been acting since the 90s, has been in a ton of stuff, really known for his roles in the Resident Evil movies, he is going to be joining us Tuesday, March 2nd at 7 p.m. So you definitely want to tune in. Don't want to miss that one. Uh, so let's see what else has been going on. Uh, we did get a video submission that I posted yesterday afternoon. I'm going to play it for you guys here in a second. It's a Walking Dead Michonne tribute. Uh, it's getting great reaction throughout our social media uh by fandom plus so if you want to follow this person uh the youtube channel name is called fandom plus so let's just go ahead and check that out here is the tribute to michonne uh called soldier check it out soldier keep on marching on head down to the work is done waiting on that morning Sun. Soldier, keep on marching on. Head in the dust, feet in the fire. Labor on that midnight wire. Listening for that angel choir. You got nowhere to run. Take a drink of that promised land Gotta wipe the dirt off of your hands Careful son, you got dreamers planned But it gets hard to stand
So there you guys have it. Great video. I want to thank Fandom Plus for submitting that to us uh, to show everybody. Uh, check out their channel on YouTube. It's called Fandom Plus. And on Sunday, for those of uh, for those of us who have AMC Plus, The Walking Dead uh, new episode became available. And we are now four, three days into since it premiered on AMC Plus. And I have not seen it yet. I just haven't had an opportunity. Uh, we'll watch it definitely before this weekend. Now that, you know, our next interview is not coming out till Tuesday. As you guys who've been watching me for a while know, I watched the Walking Dead episodes with my son. So we are going to get together maybe tomorrow or Friday. Sit down and watch episode 17 of season 10. I guess they've come to uh, an agreement. These uh, episodes are part of season 10. Officially called season 10C of The Walking Dead. So I'm looking forward to watching that uh, either tomorrow or Friday. Definitely before Sunday. And so you don't have to worry about any spoilers. I don't know how many of you have seen it. Uh, you know, how many of you have AMC Plus and have seen the episode yet? But please, no spoilers, okay? Uh, you know, it is called Home Sweet Home. Thank you, I am Hassan, uh, who is with us on Instagram. Let me say hello to some of our Instagram people. MCJ509 is with us. Nay Villa, Andrianda is also with us. Welcome to all you guys. Monopoly, Nay Villa, I already mentioned that. Sorry. Uh, Princess is with us. Chocolate is with us. Welcome to all you guys who have just joined us on Instagram. So, yeah, if you have AMC Plus and don't, don't know it, uh, episode 17 of The Walking Dead is available uh, to watch. CC Wheezy says, uh, yep, I cheated and watched it already. All right, CC Wheezy, uh, no spoilers, but in your opinion, is episode 17 of The Walking Dead season 10 uh, up to the hype? Is it good or bad? Let us know, you know, just good or bad. Or, you know, as expected, under expected, over expected. You know, tomorrow is, uh, oh, Khaleesi writes, it's awesome. Tomorrow night is episode three of Clarice. For those of you who have been watching it, and if you have not started watching it, you can still catch up. It's only two episodes in. Uh, definitely watch Clarice. All right, the, consens the consensus from everybody who has seen episode 17 of The Walking Dead says it is very, very good. I'm looking forward to watching it, like I said, either tomorrow or the day after. So let's get on to some news, Walking Dead news. Uh, Walking Dead star Lauren Cohen teases Maggie's twisty dark secret. Now, they have a trailer, and if this is the same trailer we've been watching over and over again, I'm just going to stop it, because we have seen it plenty of times. I just want to see if this is anything different. Let's start with your name. Where so far, from? it looks the same. Where were you when the fall happened? Yeah, this is the one we've seen. This is the one we've already seen. I'm not going to play it again. The Walking Dead will soon begin to air. It already has. Uh, and you can expect more twists in the story ahead of season 11. The series is set to return very soon for an additional six episodes, which will be used 
as an opportunity to look into different characters and their backstories. Speaking to Digital Spy and other media, Lauren Cohen shared more information about her character Maggie's upcoming storylines, her return, and what she's been doing while we haven't seen her on the show. And here's another picture of uh, Lauren Cohen as Maggie. It was just a very exciting reunion on so many levels, she said. Angela Kang and I had talked about how we're going to do it, when we're going to do it, and what's it going to look like for a long time. So for it to be in uh, actually was just creatively fun for us. Cohen said that Maggie has been alive and well throughout the entire time she's been off screen, adding that she has a slow burning secret. Wonder what that can be. Uh, explaining why she's excited for the upcoming episodes, Cohen said, It's always fun to feel like you've got a bit of a secret you're going to slowly reveal to people as to where she's been. And for those of you, I know I said I wouldn't do this, but no deep spoilers, but in episode 17, uh, we begin to see what this secret is. Let me know. Uh, and how she has been changed, all of which were very, very twisty and deep and dark in many ways. That was something that I'm looking forward to playing and showing. Khaleesi writes, yes. CC Weezy writes, no. So, I'm assuming you guys watched the same episode. So, which is it? Does, uh, you know, Maggie get to start revealing what her dark, twisty secret is? Anyway, production for season 11 of The Walking Dead began earlier this month. It was confirmed when show producer Kevin Dydolt, Dybolt, sorry, posted on Twitter filming on the show's final season was postponed for a long time due to the ongoing COVID pandemic. So, officially, episode 17 will air to everybody who has AMC on February 28th. For those of you across the pond in Europe, uh, I believe for you guys it airs the next day, which would be March 1st on Monday. Khaleesi writes, I felt like she did, but I could be wrong. All right. It's up for interpretation, and it sounds in uh, true Walking Dead uh, fashion. They're not going to just let it all come out in one thing. They're going to tease us with whatever the secret is, and uh, who knows? You know, maybe Maggie has another love child. You never know. You know, little, little Herschel... Junior can already have a little brother or sister. <laughs> I'm just saying, it could be anything. Uh, Sniper, uh, happy birthday. I saw your message. Sorry I couldn't respond while the video was playing. Sniper number one on YouTube is his birthday today. Happy birthday, Sniper. I did not miss that. Giving you a shout out. Uh, Zoe is with us on uh, Twitter saying they touch on her secret, but don't disclose too much. Okay, like I said, that's uh, how they do it on The Walking Dead. So they're definitely holding on to uh, their fashion. So next on the list, this is kind of interesting. I was debating whether or not to do this or not. But uh, who your favorite character on The Walking Dead is, 
and what that says about you. Now, guys, please don't take it seriously. This is just somebody having some fun on Screen Rant. The horror series The Walking Dead has had many great characters with distinct personalities. Here is what your favorite character says about you. The horror series uh, has had an array of characters from evil villains to heroes in survival groups. Everyone is desperate to stay alive in this post-apocalyptic world. Already in its 10th season, the zombie show keeps on developing new and complex characters. But the ones that fans relate to the most are the ones from the original cast. Well, from the original cast, we only have two. I think what they mean when they say original cast is pretty much, I would say, the first four seasons. Everyone that we have met, and they're pretty much all gone, even from the first four seasons. They're gone. I mean, shoot, we met Abraham. Rosita is still around, but Abraham is gone. It's really just Daryl and Carol uh, who are part of the original OG. Uh Let's see, I'm just reading over the chats. Lazy writes, OMG, I've got too many. Love The Walking Dead. How can you choose? Well, let's see what they say. Gabriel Stokes. So, if Gabriel Stokes is a favorite of yours, that means you are devoted but resourceful. Okay? All right. I can buy that. Number nine, Carol Peltier. You are tough but a loner. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. You are a tough loner if Carol is your favorite. Let's see. Morgan Jones, you are loyal but complex. Morgan is definitely a complicated character. Uh, you know, he has his emotional swings. Finally, it looks like in the current season... Uh, season six of Fear of the Walking Dead, he has found uh, a nice middle ground, for lack of a better term. Anyway, number seven, Rosita Espinoza. You are pragmatic but feisty. That's nice. Pragmatic but feisty, if Rosita is one of your favorites. And how can you not like Rosita? Glenn Ree, compassionate but reckless. Ooh, reckless? Uh, I don't know. I mean, how many of you guys out there would say that Glenn was reckless? Compassionate? No doubt. I mean, nobody can argue that. Uh, but reckless? He did everything in his power to try and uh, keep the group safe. To the best of his ability. We saw him time and time again. Glenn would lay down his life for anybody in the group. Uh, but uh, I don't know about that. Let's see what they say. There's no doubt that Glenn is a fan favorite character. And it's easy to see why. The pizza delivery boy turned zombie exterminator was a good person. And easily showed compassion for people around him. However, as a brave and selfless survivor, Glenn was always willing to put his own life on the line to help his friends. Okay, that's just what I just said, and they're categorizing that as reckless. I personally put that in the category of being brave, 
not reckless. The fact that you're willing to sacrifice your own life to keep those around you safe and alive, to me, that's not reckless. His love story with Maggie stole the fans' hearts, and everybody wishes they could have uh, a Glenn in their life. So anyone who likes him best is probably a free spirit, courageous, genuine type of a person, though perhaps a little bit immature when making decisions. Ow, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. And I see a lot of you guys agree with me. Zoe says, nope, not reckless. Uh, Zoe saying he agrees with me. Lindsay doesn't agree with that. Iser, Colette also agrees that we would not put Glenn in the reckless category. Oh, here's a good one. Negan, you're charismatic. Again, no brainer there, but manipulative. Now, Negan, you know, when we first met him, manipulative, absolutely. Is he still manipulative now? Yeah, being manipulative is not something you can just easily shed. Let's see what they say about Negan. If Negan is your favorite guy, let's hope that what you mostly identify with is his charming ways to seduce people to be on his side. And for me personally, that's exactly what uh, makes Negan a favorite of mine. His ability to, well, first of all, he's very smart. He knows the situation he's in all the time whether he's in jail or being the leader of the, of the saviors, uh, nobody can argue with his wits, his smarts, though he got too cocky. And uh, that's what ultimately led to his downfall. Or perhaps you like him best because you admire his growth and friendliness in recent seasons. After the tyranny he imposed on other survivors for so long, he knows that he is where he is today because of his manipulative tactics, and some people might sadistically enjoy his sick pleasure of playing power games. And yes, Negan is sadistic. Remember, this is the guy who would burn people's faces, uh, and then we even saw him throw them into the fire pit. So yeah, it takes a little bit of a cold heart to do that. Chances are you're a person who is capable of getting things your way easily, yet you are just as capable of being self-conscious about your mistakes. Maybe you also love being in a leadership position in different sets of life. So I think they got that pretty right on. Colette also agrees. Good description. Uh, oh, Aliza has a great description on Instagram. Welcome, Aliza Jones 71, who says, Devil with a golden tongue. Excellently put there, Aliza. Negan is the devil, or was the devil, with a golden tongue. He can talk you and charm you into doing whatever he wants you to do. So, very well put. Very well put. Let's see, number six, sorry, number four, Maggie Green, you are strong but moody. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, now we haven't seen her in a while, so I'm open, I'm keeping an open mind to this is going to be a different Maggie, like they've sort of 
well, not sort of hinted at, they've come out and said it. The Maggie that we're going to get now is going to be the not the same Maggie that left the show right after Rick's uh, supposed death. But she was starting to get, you know, with her vendetta to kill Negan after Rick captured him and put him in prison. And, I don't know, for me, her character was becoming... I'm trying to find the correct word. Uh, moody. I guess moody is a good one. I guess the the term they picked here, moody, I think it's... I can't think of anything better. Uh, this show is known for having thrilling and likable characters, and that includes Maggie. She started out as a kind woman who was terrified of having to stand up to any walkers, However, she quickly revealed how strong she really was, not only as a resourceful fighter, but also after overcoming the horrifying death of her unborn baby's father. She has grown into the role of a true community leader without ever compromising her moral or righteous character. How many of you agree with that? Colette writes, she holds a grudge with good reason. Yeah, we can all totally understand why she wanted Negan dead and how she disagreed with Rick's decision. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Khaleesi also agrees. I'm hoping the Maggie that we get uh, now is uh, just more badass. I know that she was already a badass to begin with. We saw her execute Gregory, uh, played by Xander Berkeley. Uh, but I'm even hoping for a more cold, hardened Maggie, but where we do still get to see her humanity from time to time. That's what I want. Uh, Zoe on Twitter writes, I'd be moody too if someone killed my Glenn. Yeah, no one is taking that away from her character. Number three, Michonne Hawthorne. You're brave, but mysterious. There's definitely a lot to admire about Michonne's personality and journey, and fans who rate her highly are likely to blend bravery and determination with compassion towards others. Michonne has experienced the toughest challenges in her life and has learned to protect herself by not trusting easily. Uh, that goes without saying. She, after that whole Jocelyn incident, she just put up a wall. While this character used to be overly mysterious about her feelings and her real identity, she has grown into a more tender-hearted person after falling in love with Rick. Still, viewers who might relate to her the most are likely quiet, reserved, and tactical people. Number two, Daryl Dixon. Number one is, you're a badass, but reclusive. It's no wonder that Daryl is ranking high on the list of the most likable characters on The Walking Dead. He's been popular from the beginning due to his badass, rebellious nature, that always gave him an extra bad boy charm. Starting out as someone rough around the edges, Daryl reserved attitude was, well, eventually met with sudden explosive outbursts of emotions he used to hold back. 
when he wasn't in a zombie-infested world. If he is your favorite person on the show, you may tend to act blunt towards others, but just like Daryl, who has proven to have a heart of gold, you are always there for anybody who needs your help. Next on the list is my favorite of all time, and probably the favorite of the majority of the people, Rick Grimes. That's right, Rick Grimes uh, was one of my top favorites, still is, on The Walking Dead. If you are a Rick Grimes fan, you are diligent, but an overachiever. Talk about someone who went through hell and back in order to survive and keep his family alive. Generally speaking, Rick was a calm and confident leader who tried to do good for his community, and he will always be remembered as the true hero of this story. AMC's The Walking Dead has been a cultural phenomenon for over a decade, and most viewers agree that a huge part of that is thanks to this character's impact on the show. If he happens to be your favorite character, which he is mine, then there's a high probability you are diligent and passionate in whatever you set your mind to and support friend slash family member. I, yeah, okay. Yet, you can also be a perfectionist. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that. This is actually pretty accurate when it comes to Rick. You can also be a perfectionist in trying to make things right for you and those around you. So there you guys have it. Uh, let's see. Sniper writes what? Who, Rick? Uh, Sniper also writes, my sister likes Daryl. Khaleesi writes, that is you, Viz. Yeah, those who know me, that's actually a pretty good description of how I am. They're just missing the obsessive part. I tend to be obsessive. Uh, Aliza Jones writes, totally agree. Uh, let's see. Also writes, I think she compromised uh, her value. Something she has done while she was gone. Yeah, we'll have to see what she's been through to support this new Maggie that we're getting. All right, let's look at the time. Next on the list is uh, Fear the Walking Dead co-creator adapting Stephen King's The Jaunt for TV. So you can add another adaptation to one of Stephen King's writings that is going to make it onto the screen. Fear the Walking Dead co-creator David Erickson will adapt Stephen King's 1981 short story The Jaunt into a TV series for MRC Television, and I have not heard of MRC Television. Fear the Walking Dead is... I hate how they repeat the first line. I know now why they do it. It's for search engine optimization. But when it comes time when I'm reading these articles, it's just really freaking annoying. According to Deadline, Erickson will develop the jump adaptation under his ex exclusive deal with MRC Television. We've long admired Dave's visionary and creative work and are thrilled to welcome him to MRC. What the hell is MRC? Uh, said uh, television president Elise Henderson. A true master of his craft, he's the ideal partner to build upon the work of Stephen King and create and develop more originals as the studio continues to expand. 
I just want to find out what MRC is. Let's see if they have a little definition. This is a pretty long article. Uh, in addition to co-creating the Fear of the Walking Dead, Erickson served as an executive producer for the first three seasons of Fear. The show is slated to premiere the second half of season six on April 11th and has already been renewed for season seven. And no information on MRC television. Oh, here we go. Rhonda on YouTube says MRC is formerly Media Rights Capital. Okay. All right. I guess it's a, probably a new channel, I guess, on our cable or satellite or whatever you guys have. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes, I love Daryl as well. He is a badass. Yeah, uh, Rick, the big difference between Rick Grimes and Daryl Dixon, uh, Rick never had a, you know, a problem standing on his uh, stoop ladder and giving a uh, go, go, go speech. Daryl is more the type that will lead by example. And Rick, you know, having to shoulder the responsibility of everyone's safety for nine plus seasons on The Walking Dead. He made some good decisions, but we all know he also made some bad decisions as well. And Lizzie, with her famous, you know, term, Daryl is shit hot. Okay, yeah, he is, Lizzie. Daryl Norman Reedus is shit hot, and I love that term. Uh, so let's see, CC writes, so was Georgie from the Commonwealth. So Georgie... Uh, Wait, Georgie from the Commonwealth? Well, Georgie on the TV show was played by Jane Atkinson, who is also, by the way, now a regular on the new series Clarice, alongside with Michael Cudlitz. She plays the Attorney General, uh, and Michael Cudlitz is part of the FBI. But, uh, yeah, that was Georgie. Uh, we only saw her in, what, two episodes of The Walking Dead? But it's just one of those characters that we saw for a limited amount of episodes. But she was mentioned so many times afterwards. And we know that her and Maggie kept in touch with one another through letters. So she's not coming back to The Walking Dead. Not at least as far as we know. It has not been announced. Because, well, they would have made an announcement on that if she was coming back. And she has another job right now. She is a pretty high-up character in uh, Clarice. And another side note, if you guys do watch Clarice, uh, the, the girl who plays Catherine from the, original, from the original Silence of the Lambs movies, movie with Jodie Foster, Catherine was the one that Buffalo Bill was about to kill before Jodie Foster, Clarice, came in and saved her. They have brought her in to the TV show Clarice. Remember, the TV show Clarice takes place only a year after the first uh, Silence of the Lambs movies. Uh, but uh, the uh, actress who plays uh, Catherine is Marnie Carpenter. And she is going to be coming... I made an announcement last week that she's going to be coming in April. Actually, she's going to be coming a lot sooner than that as a guest on our show. More than likely, it's going to be during the first half of March. So basically, sometime in the next two weeks, uh, we're going to be getting Marnie Carpenter, who plays Catherine on Clarice. 
Lindsay Sparks also writes that Jane Atkinson, she was in Criminal Minds, and she was great. Every role, the majority of roles that Jane Atkinson has done has been in some kind of government position. In Criminal Minds, she played a high director in the FBI. She was also in House of Cards in the uh, President's Cabinet. Uh, So she has always played a high-ranking government official. And uh, uh, who was it that I had on here as a guest that I told them to tell tell Jane Atkinson, you know, have her run for real office. We as fans have seen her in so many roles where she is playing a government official. I would vote for her. I mean, why not? Uh, Colette writes, I liked Andrew Lincoln in Afterlife. Uh, (laughs) Lizzie, she's going... Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce this, all right, Lizzie? Abso-freaking-lutely, okay, abso-freaking-lutely, Daryl is like, shit, you wouldn't turn it down. Damn, Lizzie, you are creative with those words. <laughs> okay, let's see what else do we have. Here's a little thing. God, this has been kind of killed to death, especially recently. Why do we enjoy watching horror movies and TV shows? Films and television shows intend to frighten their audience, oftentimes make viewers feel calm and peaceful instead. How is this done? I wouldn't say it makes me feel calm or peaceful. I just find it good entertainment. What are your favorite aspects of horror movies and TV shows? Do you like the chilling feeling that runs down you every time you see a walker in The Walking Dead? suddenly appearing behind a person and brutally bite them with a mixture of chewing gum and screaming sounds. How do these feelings impact you after the scene is over and everything returns to peace? How about the sensation change, your perceptions of the world around you? As horror movies such as It peaks, uh, sorry, peak at the box office, What elements seemingly unwanted terrifying scenes contain that mesmerize people and draw them to an unsettling experience? I will try and explain based on my own experience and understanding. Don't worry, we're not going to read this whole thing. Uh, Firstly, horror movies and TV shows are able to capture our attention and make us live in the current moment. An information-heavy world, individuals are oftentimes occupied by feelings of negativity that come directly from the media or indirectly from social media. And that's true. You know, you gotta admit, okay? You might disagree with this article, but as human beings, if you're looking on social media, and this is particularly rampant on Facebook, where everyone on Facebook, uh, you know, I'm talking about friends and family, everyone tries to paint the perfect portrait of their lives, family, marriage, kids, you name it. When we all know it's bullshit. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's life is shit, but, you know, you're putting up a facade, You're putting up a picture that you want the world to see as to how your family is. 
So that's where I think the feelings of negativity coming from social media stems from. And the Facebook part was just an example. It becomes harder for people to concentrate on the current moment as random thoughts or anxiety flood from all these diverse pessimistic sources. When one's invariably peaceful life gradually becomes too calm, the need to interrupt the stillness and stimulate excitement becomes even more imperative. The frightening scenes in horror movies and TV shows can awake our alert system, trigger our fight or flight response, and elevate our attention level for the sake of survival. When we see an overwhelming number of walkers in The Walking Dead hunting after a person breathlessly running away, we may not be able to occupy our brains with anything other than clenching our fists and becoming as nervous as the escaping victim. Do you agree or disagree? Ah, Lizzie's asking, am I married? Oh, yeah, I've been married 21 plus years, happily married. Uh, Eva on Instagram writes, uh, don't know what we're supposed to do on Sundays when The Walking Dead is done. That's a good point, but you don't have to worry about that for a while because, you know, we're getting the six episodes of The Walking Dead officially coming on the air this Sunday, and then right after that's over, we're getting the second half of Fear of the Walking Dead. That's going to take us well into uh, the early summer. And then as far as scheduling, they're not letting us know when season 11 of The Walking Dead is coming out, when season 2 of World Beyond is coming out, or when the uh, premiere of season 7 of Fear of the Walking Dead is coming out. Uh, it's a safe bet to assume that... Uh, the Walking Dead Season 11 is going to start in October, going back to its normal October release. As far as the other two shows, I have no idea. Are they going to have World Beyond run concurrently with The Walking Dead in October? I don't like that idea. If they have enough shows to give us you know, some kind of Walking Dead throughout the entire year, use it. Don't put two shows back to back. Um, Sniper wants to know, what is my most favorite villain from The Walking Dead? Mine was the governor, and I'm right there with you. And when I say favorite, not that I'm, doesn't mean that I'm overly in love with the governor. Uh, but when it comes to a true villain who's a complete madman, uh, yeah, there's not even a close second. David Morrissey playing the governor, who was brilliant, and the man was just downright Evil, 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 evil. Anyway, uh, I want to spend the remaining time that we have today. Uh, the topic for today is CGI in modern day movies, not just horror movies, even though this bit I'm going to show you is primarily about horror movies. Uh, the reason why I'm doing this topic is because, like I said, we've had four interviews in the last week, uh, two of been in the industry since the 70s, two are bright up-and-coming stars, and it was a great to get a, uh, to be able to ask him the questions of what they think about CGI's role is in modern-day horror movies. 
So this is a video by uh, Watch Mojo, and they're doing a top 10 list of horror movie CGI's. So let me go ahead and cue that up, and let's go ahead and check it out and see what they have to say. And as always, I will be giving my narrative as we go along. Before we do that, let me silence this. All right, here we go. Sugar Plum Fairies, Dementors, and Cloverfield Monsters. Oh my. Hey guys, I'm Rebecca from Watch Mojo, and today we'll be counting down our picks for the top 10 scariest CGI effects in movies. Before we begin, we publish new content every day. Yeah. So be sure to subscribe to our channel and Watch ring the Mojo bell to get notified cool. about so our latest videos. Feel free to go ahead and subscribe. That means we'll be taking aim at computer-generated monsters and visual moments that chilled us to the bone. Please note that we will be including things that mix both CGI and practical effects. Lizzie writes also, that the governor was like an orgasm. You're going to need to explain that to right, me, Lizzie. Let's get to it. The governor was Number like 10, an orgasm. The Sugar Plum Fairy, The Cabin in the Don't Woods. Don't see that connection. Evil little children always send a chill up the spine. Maybe it's the whole perversion of innocence thing. As the survivors proceed into an elevator, they're treated to the sight of hundreds of haunting monsters. But this one stood out from the rest. After dealing with killers and even a ghost, they happen upon a little ballerina in an elevator across from them. As she turns around, however, it's shown that she has rows of teeth instead of a face. The shocking reveal mixed with the absolutely twisted look of the creature made for one of the most memorable monsters in the whole film. And in this movie, that is saying a lot. Number 9. Dark Seekers, I Am Legend I've never heard them call Dark Seekers. No matter how many tentacles or claws you give your monster, creations that bear a close resemblance to humans will always strike fear on a deeper level. Will Smith's Robert Neville is understandably on edge as he journeys through the post-apocalyptic streets of New York City. So, Considering thanks, the devastating Sniper. effect the mysterious disease has had on humans and animals alike, he'd be crazy not to be nervous. In one particularly terrifying moment, he stumbles upon a hive of these pale mutants and barely makes it back into the light. Their vampire-like the qualities creatures with their almost not, not quite human appearance results in a haunting uncanny valley effect that really primarily makes because score. as the movie shows us they can be cured if you're real zombies Number cannot eight, be cured the they're dead the mist now the mist Bugs this movie this is a frank darabont movie and a lot of the original members of The Walking Dead, because this While is a so Frank Darabont movie, and for those of you who don't know, Frank Darabont is the one that brought The Walking Dead to TV. Andrea's in this, Carol is in this, and a whole bunch more. Doug Dale is also in this movie. The off-putting and incomprehensible features that make up these monsters are truly grotesque. Add to that the size of these creatures, and you've got terror worthy of Lovecraft himself. Lisa loved the mist. It was a great Number movie. seven, Azog the Defiler, the Hobbit franchise. Oh. Towering above our heroes, this wicked-looking orc chieftain is all the more terrifying as a result of his heavily textured, battle-scarred skin and jagged arm replacement. Chasing after Thorin and his companions astride his gigantic white warg, he makes for a truly nightmarish figure. Just look at that horrible grin he presents when faced with danger. Though the handsome Manu Bennett may have been the man behind the mocap performance, his rugged good looks made it into the final creature design. With his short temper, brutal strength, and upgraded blade arm, 
Azog is one orc. That I really we mean it when I say that <laughs> film or TV editors don't get the credit they deserve. Six, they are the ones that give catcher. us that final product that we see. I think it's just one of the most important aspects of filming. A creature becomes all the more horrific when you find out you've only seen one of its forms. In this bizarre alien tale, adapted from the work of Stephen King, our heroes first encounter a slimy, oversized parasite. With its huge fangs, this nightmare slug is already plenty freaky. But it is nothing compared to Mr. Grey himself. A tall, humanoid alien, Mr. Grey is seriously imposing. But it's his party trick that really terrifies. What do you want? Oh, damn. When he later exits the body he's possessed, we're presented with another form. A giant saw-toothed beast with a razor-sharp tail. Forget a dream catcher. After meeting Mr. Grey, you will you never be able to fall You guys have to watch The again. Cleansing Hour. The Cleansing Hour is Number a five, horror movie. The Dementors, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Falls in the line of movies like Sounds Followed cool. and Host. The name really says it all when it comes to these ghastly creatures. It's a demonic possession around movie. Like foreboding if you're embodiments into that, of death, watch it. These wraiths it's available feel like on video on, on demand. Guarding Azkaban prison, they feed upon happiness, making time in the wizarding prison an even oh, worse fate than one can imagine. Devouring human souls, these large ghouls are just as scary to think about as they are to see face to face, as they chill the air and warp the world around them. Given their seemingly endless numbers and with no way to destroy them, the only thing scarier than a Dementor I is loved a Dementor how the Harry Potter movies, you know, starting with the first one, which is a, was a kids movie, and then you get into Number four, the last, to hell, you know, drag after me to hell. Number five, they get darker and darker and darker. In this macabre tale of magic and demons, our protagonist Christine is cursed when she denies a gypsy an extension oh, this on is her a good movie. Though hell is well-trod ground conceptually, the first-hand look at the underworld provided in this film will leave you hiding behind a blanket. At this the beginning, we get our terrifying movie. first look, and it's enough to make anyone want to turn over a new leaf. Here we follow a couple seeking help for their cursed son, but it's too late. The floor breaks and a burning nether realm opens below him as hands drag him screaming into its fiery depths. Lizzie writes the nun freaks me out. I'm sorry, there's nothing scarier than the demon dressed Number up three, as a nun. Aliens, signs. There's nothing quite like seeing the confirmation of your fears in the flesh. So much of this alien horror film plays on people's paranoia that when the big reveal comes and the aliens are seen, it's downright terrifying. A rural family is terrorized in their own home when they start seeing crop circles in their cornfield, among other odd and unsettling occurrences. Me too, Khaleesi. I, I like science too. Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix. It is made all the more intimidating by its piercing eyes. It's the sort of alien that'll make you thank your lucky stars that what you're witnessing is a work of fiction. <sighs> Number two. Arachnids, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Scares, Eva like strength, are best in numbers. Love the Harry Potter the expansive right bug race that terrorizes Eva. colonies and military forces Welcome in this sci-fi satire comes in so many shapes and sizes, Leonard it's hard to say which one we'd choose to face if we had to. From the massively jawed and clawed warrior bugs that can rip people in half, to the swarms of equally dangerous flying bugs, there isn't a welcoming creature among them. Alongside explosive bugs and building-sized tankers that spit acid and artillery, each subspecies is terrifying in its own way. 
even the slow brain bug is a shocking sight to behold. Before we unveil our number one pick, here are some honorable mentions. He's going. This is uh, Afterlife, Resident Evil, is uh, one of the movies that I'll guest on Tuesdays with Sean Robin. Number one, the giant monster, Cloverfield. Never seeing the full scope of a monster makes it somehow even more terrifying. Given that we only catch the most sparing of looks at this massive beast at any given moment, it lands in that perfect middle ground to inspire the viewers' minds to fill in the blanks with even more ungodly terror. Mixing amphibian stretches of skin among other features, along with jagged arms and beady eyes, the parts we do see of this colossal titan are grisly. With its massive jaw and equally vicious babies, Even the other this ones. monster proved itself as scary on screen as it was off. And there's another one, another Cloverfield So I tried to get someone coming. to CGI me into the so Cloverfield movie so I could like All duck right. and dodge now, the statue. You know, that was a great, good list. But as far as actual CGI, just go back and look at movies from the early 80s like The Thing, which was really heavy into special effects. And they did a fantastic job. CGI did not exist. But you would not know. You would not know if you watched The Thing today for the first time. They did an amazing job with The Thing. CGI, what it has done, it, uh, and I really do believe the people that create the CGI, it's an art. It really is an art. Uh, you got to have a special talent. You know, not everybody can do it, even if you take all the classes in the world. Uh, of course, The Walking Dead got hit. Uh, with a lot of criticism with their episode where Michonne and Rick are on the run and that CGI deer that just looked horrible. I don't know how, I mean, we, everyone has mentioned this over and over again on social media and such, but that Walking Dead deer with Rick and Michonne, how that escaped the... Uh, the final people that say, okay, this is the final product. Here you go, AMC. This is what you're going to play on Sunday night. And, oh, I don't know how they... It was just... It was so just... You could tell, looking at this fake deer and comparing it to its surrounding environment, it just didn't belong. But then you look at Shiva, the tiger, who was completely CGI. And Shiva was done brilliantly uh, by the people. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll give them a pass on that single episode deer on The Walking Dead. I don't know how that... That must have been a mistake somewhere in, along the line. Because, you know, there's so much CGI in The Walking Dead. And just a perfect example is, is Ezekiel's tiger, Shiva. Every time we saw her, I mean, you can look at that with the closest you know, video editing software. And it looks about as real as a tiger as you can make it real. So they did an excellent job with that. Anyway, guys, we are out of time. Again, the hour flies by so quickly. 
So if you want more information, please visit us at deadtalklive.com. Don't forget, this Tuesday we have special guest from the Resident Evil movies, Sean Roberts is going to be with us. We're going to be starting at a special time of 7 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. That's on Tuesday, March 2nd. Remember, uh, 7 p.m. start time. Please, if you're on YouTube right now and you enjoyed this broadcast, give us a thumbs up. If you have yet to subscribe to us on YouTube, even if you never plan on watching us on YouTube, if you just want to go on YouTube and subscribe, that'd be great. <laughs> subscribe to us on YouTube, Instagram, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitch, on Twitter. Like I said, this show is simultaneously streamed on all five social platforms. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the day, the rest of their evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow. Stay safe. And as always, guys, stay walking.